the real scratch pad scratch cast. I am Jonathan Schnabel, the Tetris Dork, and joining with me are Don East. Hello. Ryan Happy post Thanksgiving. The Muppets go see the Muppets. All right. Sorry. Ryan Mead. Kawakami style greeting, and I agree with Don. Go see the Muppets. Sketch. Hey, hey, everybody. I wish I had seen the Muppets. Hey, dear did I. But I probably might. Uh, Rack Attack Forces in my mode, and uh, joining with us is. Well, he was playing anyway. Is. Um, what do you want to go by? Tony or Super Flash or. Uh, whatever's good. Uh, Super Flash is fine. All right. Super Flash 101. Hello. Hello, and uh, you want to introduce yourself, or? Um, I'm like, at SuperFlash101 on Twitter. <laughs> just, uh, uh... Just a comic and animation fan? Or yes. mainly animation? Uh, yes, animation, comics, uh... Etc. Yeah. And I also have mm-hmm. not seen the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rukari, have you seen the uh, Muppets? He is communicating to us. Okay, no. Alrighty then. But we're not. And Rukari, sir, not appearing in this podcast. We already mentioned that. <laughs> but let's discuss now. This is going to be a weird, Wait. like. Yes, we have a special guest, someone who can't see the Muppets because it hasn't opened in Australia yet. Um, You can you can call him Roy 42. You can call him Frozen Treasure. What do you prefer to be called? Uh, This Roy. And hi. Oh, OK. But welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just as a thing, uh, half the time I'm probably not going to be able to understand too much of what you guys are saying. Also, if you hear a dog in the background, sorry for that. Hello. Tell me about it. I got a friend playing Super Mario 3D Land in the background. Don't gloat about it. (laughs) I got a fan. But. But I have to like, deal with my mother. If I pay for half of a 3DS, she'll pay the other half. I will probably get it when Smash Brothers come out. But we're not here to talk about the 3DS. We're here to pretty much do a throwback episode to both in the Tabby Diaries and not another old cartoon podcast. Because we will have a, you know, the the Taku style rundown of a new anime series called Maji, Maji Koi O Samurai Girls as well. But that's later. But now, we gotta eulogize. Because finally, the first episode, first show to be covered by, the, by NAOCP has finally run its course. Unfortunately. And we didn't kill it! 
You, yeah. you can't blame that one on us. Yeah, we did. If I was like that when we found it, officer. Now, if we were talking about symbiotic fighting, that might be another story. Well, I think the writing was on the wall with that one. Yeah. Yes, yes, and robotomy, too. But of course, the first show we were talking about. Planet Sheen? I, I believe that's canceled, too, but not that. But it's not this episode. We're talk, But we're not eulogizing that. We are talking. So it did get a mention in Mad. Uh, eulogizing? <laughs> Or we be celebrating? Oh, you guys, and celebrate the life of Batman, the brave and the bold, which in North America aired its final episode last week, right? Correct. And there is one episode that never aired, and probably will never air because of like what was the con- it aired in outside in like the UK and. In other places, but it went. It's a Gail Simone pinned episode, but I think content wise, it was a little bit too much for Cartoon Network. I believe hand, it was a fucking hand motion, guys. <laughs> you guys have a fucking regular show now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They could have just slapped a PG rating on it. Probably would have been fine. Eh. It's what we could when you try to add a TVPG rating to a kids' network. Yeah. Well, we can hope that it comes out on DVD at least. Oh yeah. Is it available portion. digitally now? Is that episode available digitally? It's been available digitally. Okay, Ooh. so it's on iTunes and all that jazz. Oh, so that it probably will be on DVD. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the final episode of Raven the Bold, a finale called Might Fall. Five guesses who's involved in that. <laughs> Essentially, oh, the idea... The plot is, is that Batmite, who in this show is depicted as Batman's biggest fan and an internal fan of Batman Raven the Bold, the show. Oh, that the show was kind of running... It's caught and tries to do everything to make it jump the shock so the network can cancel it. <laughs> and and hopes that it would get replaced by a uh, darker, edgier Batman. How true is that? <laughs> what follows is quite possibly the most meta episode in American television history. This tops totals forever. Well, in meta humor, for sure. Yo, that, that's how meta it is. It manages to beat out a 25-year anniversary 90-minute pat on the back. <laughs> but by mentioning that, it, well, let's see. Stars, it mentions the fact that it's being replaced by a uh, darker into your Batman in 2013. <laughs> well, not a darker. Uh, we'll get to that, but the po- we don't know what that show's going to be like. But it's definitely not the same lightness as Brave and the Bold, I can guarantee you that. Can I just go on? Uh... Go ahead. So, Batmite alters reality just so the piss people off and have the show get canceled. This includes giving Batman a wife and a, an obviously cute daughter, making more stuff that panders to uh, merchandising. 
including. Am I correct in thinking that that was an obvious reference to Punky uh, Brewster? Yeah, I think that was the, the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go well, on. technically, the Huntress is Batman's daughter in Earth Two. Yeah, not in this series, but moving on. Uh, merchandise. Oh, so Batman in this god awful looking outfit with a talking street luge. Talking Street Luge, played by John DiMaggio. And speaking of, Bat Knight decided to replace the voice of Aquaman, the show's breakout character, with Ted McGinley. <laughs> Those who don't know, Ted McGinley, well, now probably best known for Married with Children, and a really hilarious show. But before that, he was remembered as that guy who more or less replaced Ron Howard on Happy Days when the show jumped to shock. And speaking of Jump the Shock, a show that this an episode this meta wouldn't be complete without DC's equivalent to Deadpool, Ambush Bug. And he's voiced by the Fods himself. Hey. 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 Brilliant. Hey. Everybody doing hey. 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 Anyway, so Ambush Bug, knowing the consequences of having the show get canceled, does his best to stop Batmite's interfering. So that the, sh- well, the viewers will still tune in and that the day would be saved in the show. Of Batmite keeps pulling it on with the changes, including giving Ace the Bat-Hound a Scrappy-Doo look-alike, <laughs> moving Batman to Malibu, and worst of all, made Batman use... Use a gun. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Which actually... Just turned Batman into Miami Vice with annoying dogs. <laughs> however, that was actually the... Was a, however, that ambush bug used that to his advantage and tell Batman that he would never use a gun and realize that of all the insanity that's going on. So, in the end, they were able to free all the... Was able to do all the tricks that can... Un- try to do their best to undo the changing, including this really clever gag where where, where Ambush Bug makes McGinley Blake character and mentions married with children. Of course. Yeah. Has there ever been a cartoon where they mentioned the voice actors and they mentioned the... Well, there have been cartoons where they mentioned the show creator, like the uh, Steven Spielberg Amblin tunes with Warner Brothers, you know, the, the Silver Age WB with Freakazoid and Animaniacs. They would occasionally, occasionally mention that. Simpsons occasionally did mention that. Um, there was an episode yeah. of Spider Man where he actually, the, fin- the finale of Spider Man ha- ended up with. Uh, yes. I was thinking the Simpsons have sort of done things joking about the voice actors, but then again, you'd expect the Simpsons to do that, like have being Bart right on the blackboard. I am not a 32-year-old woman. I am not a 32-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And there was a episode of Futurama, one of the recent revival episodes. That was sort mediocre. Of, yeah, it's it's sort of an in-joke where um, the, there's... Yes, Billy West. There's a, a lookalike of Bender named Billy West, and Fry says something like, "That's a stupid name." They should have named uh, They should have named him John. Yeah. 
But the joke was is that Billy West was making was mocking his own name. Exactly. Oh no, John! What if they named him John West? Oh, <laughs> then I think I'll call the police. <laughs> I think they're stalking me. <laughs> You'd have like a complex like the nostalgia critic does about Doug. <laughs> mm. No, because that kind of sucked. <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh, it is okay. Reality is a little bit depressing, and like Doug. It, it's like somewhat. In the terms of the Nicktoons, okay, I'll phrase it better. In terms of the Nicktoons, it is it is it's, nowhere near top ten all time. Want to bet? The original Doug had its charm. It's fondly remembered. I think we can all agree on one thing: Nickelodeon Doug is much better than Disney Doug. Let's and beat, and let's get back yeah, on topic, people. How the fuck did we get from that? We're going to cut that out. I don't know. You tell me, Mr. Steve Jobs' death to family relationships of My Little Pony. (laughs) Experience of Batman. Move that one down. Right. We're talking about voice actors, blah, 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 yada, yada. But But uh, anyway... I was getting back to, in the end, the changes were undone, and Batman was able to defeat Gorilla Grodd, who was in the sub... There was a subplot about turning people into bananas. Which nobody paid attention to. (laughs) Because of all the weirdness. But still, the executives thought that the show ran its course, and it... And the show... And it gets cancelled. And Batmite's all excited, because he gets the cleanup... Of all the Brave and the Bold stuff, which has some nice little callbacks to previous episodes. And sees the trailer to the new Batman cartoon. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Batgirl cartoon. Guess, yes, it turns out it might be a bit... It's not exactly up to a standard. Funny enough, it was a CGI Batgirl cartoon. Although, now we can have our, our opinions of the CG DCAU. I've changed a bit, thanks to Green Lantern being actually good. Yeah, really good, actually. Honestly, I thought that Batman, uh, Batgirl clip was good, but, but it's it was not only like, like a anything that's going to be anything. <laughs> but it seems to make something that that good with the content and the timing and a lot of, of hard work from putting into it. But anyway, uh, oh, it's and that like, pretty much does himself in this whole cancellation business because in a darker Batman cartoon, let's be honest, that might not happening. So he disappears into nothingness and the final scene is Virtually every hero and villain on the show, living or dead, that includes Blonde Beast and the blue and uh, Ted Cord's Blue Beetle, all gathered for one final scene as Batman says goodbye to the audience. This is better than than any of the DCU finales. DCU finales. 
It's <laughs> like it's all props that they're just moving off the scene. <laughs> Batmobile's just a cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, one thing I kind of liked is how it kind how Batmite was talking about the show in the beginning and and bringing up the comparisons. Pretty much point. Pretty much referencing the uh, reaction to the to the show at first, like the late the first promotional image and the tone, how popular Chill of the Night was. Yep, Batmite is basically the standard Batman fan. <laughs> like what? This show looks too childish. Look at those silly designs. Then mentioning stuff like how all the guest stars and how Aquaman was awesome and amazing. Because Aquaman is awesome. He is. Not just in this, but in new uh, DCNU title. Aquaman is actually quite the badass in the new DCU. That's what I meant. Yeah. Well, Thank you, Jeff Johns. I've always one of those people that defended Aquaman over the years. Like, he doesn't suck. It was just a super friends depicting him that way. My ability to talk to fish is of no help, Wonder Woman. There's like he can do more than talk to fish. He can, he can actually live on the. the the depths of the ocean, super strength, can can control water, has a badass tri- to tri- tri- trident. 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 Yeah. It's the it's gum. We're all gonna be paid in gum. I knew. <laughs> he uh, can summon Cthulhu in some interpretations. He is a creature of the sea. In fact, there's this really badass picture of that. Um, one thing I like to... Um, like, I haven't been watching Brave and the Bold in a long time because of the whole... It was just because my scheduling is was anti-Friday and by... And what else? Um, and also, Cartoon Network having a tendency to not air their action cartoons on a repeated basis outside of Friday. Mm. But I would say that I did recently pick up the um, this this month's um, issue of um, the Brave and the Bold comic, which had all the Robins. Well, let me find it. Yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a. Um, it's almost like a double whammy because um, last time it was a um, like the about few about in that previous month about like two weeks ago in um, Tiny Times they had an all Batgirl issue with which also included a scene where it's like all the Robins, all the Batgirls. You know, you have Barbara, Cassandra, Firebird, Jason, Tim, 
Cassie from Dark Knight Returns and Damien saying, you know, Batgirls, Robins, and then, you know, you had Stephanie and Dick standing around, both in their Robin costumes, and Stephanie saying, can I just be Green Lantern instead? And in this issue, in Brave and the Bold, the, the Brave and the Bold issue, it, it focuses on Batman getting um, fatally shot by a um, robber as he was... Tr- Batman was trying to prevent a scene that was going to pretty much similar to his own origin from happening. And so by power of mystical magic, I forgot the character. I'm trying to find the issue. Phantom Stranger? Yeah. Phantom Stranger. Did you read the issue? Or I saw the previews. So Phantom Stranger summons all the Robins. Dick Grayson is 70s Disco Nightwing outfit. Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, Cassie from the Dark Knight Returns alternate timeline, and Damien, which in a weird twist because the, in the cartoon it acknowledges that his mom is Selena. But it, in the comic it acknowledges his actual mom, Talia. I was going to say it could be possible since there's no real clear future on something to, on the uh, who would be Robin. And since, you know, again, and all that, could it be possible that fan slayers just took him from different realities? Sure, because again, Cassie, Dark Knight Returns timeline. Yeah. Timeline. Make an and so they all go. I think that may take a while. It'll be a definitely a DC um, Universe title. I know, but if they do, they should get Michael I inside to be Batman. Mm-hmm. But continuing on... Watch so, Legends of the Dark Knight episode of New Batman Adventures to get that. Yes. Can I finish, Don? Okay. I let you finish. Uh, so, all the Robins decide to go to uh, the Lazarus Pit and try to revive Batman. And they did successfully. They even got the cooperation of um, Ra's al Ghul. Even though he did try to say, if you revive Batman, he will not remember y'all. He will be a murderous weapon. But it turns out, no! Batman's still good. Yeah. And then, like, the very last panel, it's like, it reveals that there was a, an alternate method if the Robin failed. It was the Batgirls. Huh, really? You had, yes. You had um, you know, Barbara, Cassandra, Stephanie, and Flamebird. And, oh, oh I... Raven the Bold version of Cass? I gotta go get that comic now. Mm-hmm. Although, in honesty, I think that um, Barbara's design was more aching towards uh, Bruce Tim design than a Brave uh, the Bull design, in my opinion. I don't see what the point. They only have a Batgirl in that show. Hmm. I like that. It's also from the writer who's doing a... Um, who was chosen to do backup stories in Action Comics now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a good writer. 
So, um, any uh, fond memories, moments from them? So many good moments. I think I could do a list of the of the missed opportunities that either due to the time or or life issues they couldn't have done as like an article. There's so many stuff they have they weren't able to do. Uh, the leap. The what do you call Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew? That would have been a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Composite Batman. You know the. Yeah. I know there's a couple heroes they could have done. Like any attempt to meld in with the modern age, like with um, having Jaime be the Blue Beetle. Possibly. Uh, you could explain a bit more on on the different on the on the Flash and why how I don't know how they how they can be. What was something about the how the three flashes? How there's the Golden Age Flash, the now resurrected Barry Allen Flash, and and Kid Flash. Maybe they could have done something like that. Definitely needed more Flash. Yeah, at least they got the key appeared again the uh, Four Star Special episode. Mm-hmm. Which actually also had Amazing Man. Can't believe they pulled that one off. Voiced by Tom Kenny. Yeah, and uh, but so many fond memories of the show. I remember when I saw the first episode. I did not really paint a pretty picture. I mean, they got Jaime's backstory wrong in that, where <clears throat> it may look like that only he kept the identity of the Blue Beetle to himself. Got the scarab wrong, and I think they even called him Jamie at one point. And just the whole thing was just so bland. He is supposed to be Jamie. No, it's Jaime. Yeah, Jaime Reyes. Let's see. Pronounce it. He's he's Hispanic. The J's are pronounced as H. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Batman calls him Jamie more than once in this show. Yeah, that's still a nitpick. Anyway, well, that would be because I... Batman is white. <laughs> I'm just take a quick look at the episode guy because I because I can't remember so the second don't episode. Your favorite episode just yet? Oh, my favorite episode. It used to be Chill the Night, but now it's Battle of the don't, Superheroes. I said don't. I said don't because remember that's I'm saving that for last. Cut that line then from the record. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, the, well, uh, I had to. It's you know favorite moments. Not favorite episode yet. Oh, favorite moments that has to yeah. be stuff like the Space Ghost bit. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get the show could get away with that. I was going to continue like how I became a fan of the show. Uh, then uh, the next episode was Tara on Dinosaur Island, which had Plastic Man, and he was hilarious in that episode. Which is kind of like, I really enjoy Tom Kenny's depiction, and I'm looking forward to the uh, Plastic Man shorts uh, apparently coming in DC Nation. 
Unless they're just going to show the pilot, you know, that pitch pilot that had Kenny voicing class. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, it was Evil in the Sea that made me enjoy the show the way it did. Follow that up with uh, Invasion of the Secret Santas, something I watch now during the holidays. And then I became a... Then I followed the show since then, I think. Because, of course, the Music Meister episode. <laughs> the Equinox storyline. And just all the fan links, like the Super Friends title cards and Aquaman's Outrageous Adventure. <laughs> Uh, my brother just walked in. The Star Wars storyline, which... Oh, this one tr- tr- treat I read on Twitter. It's like, Batman's a dark show, which is why... Batman Bay the Mode is so lighthearted camp, which is why Batman's parents get killed at Christmas. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Dark Man. And more, it came more my saying, and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't want this to go. I just want to go for at least another 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. And just how crazy. Yeah, we definitely could have gotten 13 more episodes out of it. Yeah, just so how crazy this show is. Like the cold opens of the series finale Batman and Abraham Lincoln teaming up. The beat a steampunk cyborg version of John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> oh, the Freedom Fighters episode where Batman and Plastic Man team up with a team of patriotic superheroes led by Uncle Sam, depicted as the personification of American patriotism, the take on essentially communists in space. Batman turns into Captain America. <laughs> and there's a single, a ridiculously over the top sing along with misheard, with badly misheard relics of Yankee Doodle with a bouncing ball and naturally played for laughs. This show's brilliant. Uh, hey, you never know when they're going to throw in a musical number. Like, I was not expecting one in Sword of the Atom. Hmm. Wait, okay, no, that was for the atom. That was uh, powerless. powerless. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, sketch. Uh, what is your fun, like memories uh, and how you progressed into watching the show? <laughs> well, being more of a, you know, being being a big fan of the DCAU, when I first saw the images, I was like, eh, this, I don't know about this. We'll uh, we'll see, and. I gave it a wait-and-see kind of thought, and you know, I waited and saw, and I didn't really follow it so much in the earlier seasons because I wasn't really watching Cartoon Network at the time. And, you know, I would see episodes every now and then. So I didn't really start watching it until around the second season. But at that point, 
It's like, oh man, so sad I wasn't watching this show when they were playing it more often. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just amazing where this show would go. There's all, all kinds of crazy silliness, downright cool, serious meta moments. It, it's just, yeah, can't imagine there'd be anything else that would be quite like it. Um, Ryan. Any? Well, I've I've actually haven't watched the series with one exception, which I'm going to get to. Um, but listening to all of you talking about it, I think I I'm really going to have to check this out because it sounds like the sort of thing I'd be interested in. It sort of doesn't take itself seriously yet, while still being a superhero program, and that sounds like something fun, and I just wanted to tell a useless story that I thought was interesting, just talking about all the different interpretations of the Batman character, and how they pay tribute to it, and how times change. I've seen part of one episode, though. I've seen bits and pieces of one episode. I don't know what it's called, but it's basically an anthology episode where um, Batmite shows off three different versions of Batman. One of them is taken from oh, yeah. an action... One of them is taken from an actual manga of Batman that existed in I Japan. I found that comic at a store. Yeah, get uh, this. Jeff Johns used the villain for that in his new series. Uh, um, one of them is a spoof of the new Scooby-Doo mo- movies, and the other one is um, a pretty much faithful, um, with some extra gags added, um, um, remake of um, a very early Mad Magazine spoof of Batman. And I, I just thought that was pretty funny because in, in researching that, I found out that the original Mad Magazine parody – of Batman, I think it's called Batboy and Rubin. Um, when they originally published that, they had done a parody of Superman a couple issues back, and they were sued by DC Comics. So, uh, um, so if you look at the original um, Batboy and Rubin story from Mad Magazine, in the back of every page, there are all these funny signs that say things like, this is a lampoon, this is a lampoon, don't sue us. This is a lampoon. We reiterate, Batboy with a boy, Ruben with a U. And I just thought it was pretty funny, the fact that Time Warner happens to own both Mad Magazine and Batman now. So they can actually... They're all the same publishing umbrella now. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was funny how... (laughs) If you can't sue them, buy them. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, by the way, the episode's called... Batmite presents Batman's strangest cases. Okay. <laughs> and that's another thing. I loved the Scooby-Doo parody. I don't care what anyone says. Bitching and moaning that wasn't Scooby-Doo Mysteries Incorporated. <laughs> this beats the pants off of that show. Uh, All right. Yeah, Weird Al in it. And yes. proud of it. Batman, Weird Al, and Scooby-Doo, the holy trinity of pop culture. And <laughs> All right, Super Flash, I want to bring you into this. Um, what you, I wasn't really done with the Scooby-Doo segment. Cause... I'm sorry. I, well, we got to move on. We have to address uh, people. Uh, initially, initially, I wasn't very much into the show. I actually regret I never really watched um, very much of this, though I have seen uh, several episodes. But um, uh, in the beginning, for some reason, it never really caught my attention. But... It was more of that kind of thing where I would uh, see what I would uh, 
read what people would talk about it online and uh, sort of get an idea of that. But I never really uh, watch it as very frequently, and I kind of regret that because from what I the episodes that I have seen, it's a very very unique show. That was very very fun to watch. Yeah, and I do kind of regret that I stopped watching it. It's just time can get the better of you, and Cartoon Network is terrible at repeating their action cartoon. Yeah, they've been hearing an encore of these episodes, other than the Friday night slot getting reruns, for like over a year, two years even. So if you missed it, it's pretty much gone. Okay, um, and Roy, did you manage to see it? Uh, No, I'm really not up to date on a lot of uh, TV shows. Uh, especially not animation. Um, from the sounds of it, sounds like someone took uh, the Wikipedia entry, all the Wikipedia pages of Batman, uh, made uh, two shotgun shells out of them, dipped them, uh, like light, like coated them in crystal meth, then shot me in the face and just let let that seep through into my brain. That's pretty much what that sounds like. All right. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on, I will now introduce now a brand new segment for the Scratch Cast. Because, you know, the last it, few were so many brilliant ideas. Yes, but this time it will kind of stick. It is called Question of the Moment. It's called that because it would have been a question of the week if we are weekly. But, um, you know, I ask, we answer... And then I address it back to you, the listener or reader. And so the question is, what is your favorite slash best episode of Batman, The Brave and the Bold? I'll start and I'll say my favorite and slash best episode from what I've seen is... Aquaman's Outrageous Adventure. <laughs> yeah, it's the least Batman is the least Batman focused episode out there. Oh, but I don't it, know. They haven't quite is, is it centered entirely around Aquaman, Mara, and Aqualad and no, Arthur Junior. Arthur Junior. Yeah, because uh, the Aqualad's a different character. Plus, Arthur Junior is wearing Aquaman's stupid eighties costume. Mm-hmm. Either way, Arthur Jr., Mara, and Aquaman in an RV going cross-country and eventually trying to have a normal family vacation. And this also be offset by the fact that Aquaman wants adventure. <laughs> and, and like every like other, like, comer- before every other commercial break, it has some um, Teaming up with another superhero, eventually ending with ba- the Aqu- Aquaman's family helping Batman save the day. <laughs> it was just a funny episode, and it does showcase the reason why Aquaman, why John DiMaggio's interpretation of Aquaman is the best Aquaman in the history of ever. Yeah, and the mythology gags, like I said, also Junior having 
the 80s Aquaman costume. The Super Friends title cards whenever Aquaman teams up with mm-hmm. a hero. Oh, yeah, those were good. Oh, and the Penguin submarine, straight out of the Adam West movie. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, Flippers and all. Don, oh, yeah, it? the shark bat repellent that was mentioned in Vaults, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> several times, actually. Don, what is I, your fave? Uh, uh, three, uh, chill the night. Go watch the uh, episode of Nana's Old Cartoon Podcast. The Power of Sazam, because that was really a good episode that introduced the mainstream public to Captain Marvel and the Sazam Missos. And, uh, favorite overall, Battle of the Superheroes. Why? Because Superman finally appeared and so many Silver Age references were bound. Oh, is that the episode that pokes fun at the Superman is a dick meme? Yeah, it is. Like, they just went to the website and flat out found the covers and made fun of them. <laughs> it's brilliant. They they had all the all these clever ones like Superman boning this robe Jimmy got for him. This uh, what else? Uh, when Jimmy t- turned into a monster and Superman quoting the cover. And uh, oh, the Super Pope hat, where Superman went cra- decided to take over the city and. He wears this crown that looks like the Pope hat. <laughs> Alright, um... Oh, another thing uh, about those two episodes is that they didn't feel like an episode of a Batman cartoon. They felt like an episode of the Guest Heroes cartoon with Batman as a guest star. I think what really makes the Brave and the Bold great is that it's not just Batman show, it's it's a DC Universe's show. It's Aquaman show. It's it's Booster Gold show. It's it's Plastic Man. So on, so on, so on. <coughs> All right. Um, Super Flash. Uh, yes. What is your favorite episode out of the seven you've seen? Um, I was a I was a big fan of uh, I believe it's. Requiem for a Scarlet Speedster. Oh, that one was great. Greg Wiseman wrote it. Yes, he did, actually. Which is another reason why I really like that episode. I'm a very big fan of The Flash. And, um... It was a very good... It was, um... That's a great great thing about the show, was how, uh... How they would incorporate so many heroes, and I think that was a good example. Um, different incarnations of The Flash. It was just fun to watch. Um, not as out there, or I love, I love that the that the villains miss Flash and well, the, very funny gags there. Yeah, you see, with the Rogues, they weren't just enemies of the Flash; they were kind of like friends too. Yeah. Once I had uh, the Wally West Flash getting invited to one of the Rogues' bachelor parties. That's. Oh, and there's that scene in uh, the Justice League Unlimited episode, Flash and Substance, where the Flash was able to uh, talk to the trickster and be all friendly. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. I'm sorry, man. You got, you had to, 
get this proof quickly of also a little bit. Um, Ryan, what was the only episode you've seen? Well, I said I've I've the only one I've seen. I've only seen bits and pieces of it though. The one I just mentioned Bat- um, I- that I- might presents Batman's yeah. strangest cases. So. Uh, okay. And uh, well, yeah, I think. Your- Oh, I think after this, I'm going to see more of the series because it sounds really fun. Okay. All right. It is. And Your there's several event. box sets out. There's three so far. The fourth should be coming pretty soon. Okay. <clears throat> is the whole show yeah. on Netflix? Oh, my episodes. That is so, so hard. I'm, the easy answer is chill of the night. And I, I will talk about that. But one episode that just recently crossed my mind is I really liked Dark Seed Descending. Dark Side. Yeah, Dark Side. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> dark Side Descending. Because, first of all, you got the JLI, and you got Batman going toe to toe with Dark Side, which is kind of ridiculous, but still so cool. <laughs> but. Best part is the question is the hero. <laughs> he revolves the polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> question saves the saves the universe. I revolves the polarity. There, that's my Doctor Who reference of the podcast. Okay. Oh dear. Hot sweet for the win. That that was that was great. Splink. Uh, really liked. A lot of episodes. I really liked Nightfall. And Legend of the Dark Knight, pretty much anything with Batman was pretty hilarious. Right. Uh, and of course, Chill of the Nights. But I like it for more reasons than you know, just uh, having a dark Batman story. It's the only episode where you see his face. It's really well written, and I'm just just sucker for a good voice acting cameo and that had Adam West and Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy and Julie Newmar as Martha Wayne and that one scene where Batman goes back into the past sort of somehow (laughs) and he fights alongside his father who is dressed in a Batman type costume and it Oh, it's just such a throwback to the Adam West show. It's hilarious. Alright. And with that, I, we will now address the question to you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> just, just try that take again. And now, we address the question to you. The listener slash reader. Hey, I got it. Can I do what? the address MST3K style? You know, when they. Well, we now have a lot of stuff. We've got. You can do it with no. the second. second well, last time we tried to do it with the Batman episode, that was Dark Side Descending. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that did yeah. not go well. We got, like, we got through the, the uh, teaser. And Even then, it was already. Yeah. So, what is your favorite addressing 
So now we address the question to you. What is your favorite slash best episode of Batman, the Bull? You only answer, we only request one episode. One episode. Don't, don't list it. Just one episode. Maybe mention why. Who knows? And you can address it to us multiple ways. One, there will be an article on therealscratchpad.wordpress.com where you know I will explain all that, give you a brief intro, and also give you a link oh, to you're all the, for comments. <laughs> to a yes, list of all sixty-five episodes. Well, that's one of many methods. Two, you can mention it on go on Twitter at Real Scratch Pad hashtag um, best BATB or, or, and or hashtag QOTM. There will probably be a post on Facebook. Just search real, the Real Scratch Pad. Email. Email us realscratchpad at gmail.com. Put in the title, you know, question of the moment, best episode of Batman, breakable, you know, that sort of thing. And now, Four Spring. Yes, we're now venturing into a new social media outpost. Go to forspring.me forward slash real scratch pad, find our question and answer. And also ask us any any other question. We'll and we might have an answer. Have you and guys your um, have you got a Tumblr? No. We might. That seems like well, that uh, next we'll, logical step before form spring. Yeah, we don't have Tumblr, and we don't really use Facebook. We, but other than that, we're totally social network horse. <laughs> yeah, we're on Twitter. We're we're now on form spring. We'll probably get to Google Plus soon. <laughs> but you know, ask. You know, just give us answers and. Some of your answers will be read here on the next episode of the Scratchcast. And with that, we will now transition over to the next topic. Our little punishment, a little pseudo. Well, the origin is because we needed to fill in some topics, and um, and it was sort of punishment for Rag Attack lying to me about whether or not. He was getting stuck for the week instead of, you know, mentioning, you know, school problems or have stuff with school. Instead of mentioning to me, Skyward Sword's releasing this week, that weekend. And so we, I've subjected all of us to watch Maji Koi O Samurai Girls, which is available on TheAnimeNetwork.com, Hulu.com, and on Crunchyroll.com. We subjected ourselves to the first two episodes because I'll explain why I chose this show. Because last week at Anime Club, I we were shown the first episode of this, and everyone's going, "What the hell is this? This feels like every single anime cliche in the book." There's a guy. There's the old guy from Bleach. Maids. This is like Icky Tosa meets Sengoku Basara. Only good. <laughs> also, I swear to God, I saw a Nikki Towson character in like the background. Yeah, so, that chick with so the, they, I, the eye patch. Yeah, like I joked them. on uh, Twitter. 
Who did the art for this? Nick Simmons? But yeah, like the first episode is essentially a... Oh, not even a comment on that one. It was a weird um, mesh of like every anime cliche in the book. There was like even Code Geass reference. Some of them look like Code Geass characters. It was batshit insane. It explained nothing of the plot of what the entire series is about. It and was just, I enjoyed it. Like, like, are they in school? Why aren't they? Well, they Why are, are they in fighting? school. That, well, and, that was the explanation. It's a school for martial arts, and uh, it was the best class in the school versus the worst class in the school, and they had to get into a fight because of that. It was just crazy. It's, it's like if 300 Igitosen, ladies versus butlers, and Risk all just got hit by an atomic blast. And this is the hideous mutation that was marred from those four individuals. And it was actually entertaining. I, I like that was very weird. That was very strange. Peculiar. It was it was kind of amusing though. It was very amusing. Yes! Oh god! Oh! Give me more of that! I'm like, and a Muppet reference. Yes. It was just like it barely explained like the overall plot of the show of the series, which I believe is Dude has hair. Dude has a lot for some chick who who is very tough, likes to fight, and some shit. Who is possibly beating the shit out of uh, one guy who wants to date her, but won't, or she won't. And meanwhile, there's another chick who wants to have sex with him, but he won't because who the fuck knows. Just I think it's because he still ha- might have that hot for that girl. The fact that in the second episode, they all, all like him and all the girls that he... Are connected to him, going to band together to find a dog. Well, thank God I missed that episode. Thank God I skipped in on that. At least some more hijinks involving him getting beat up by a. uh, Let's see, the. It's like a person in like black. A blonde black chick? Oh, I don't even... That was, like, I'm not sure if that was racist or... I was... Like, that was... They didn't have... Like, three times they showed that chick. And in the first episode, too. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me... It just I, seems out of place. It seems like something you'd see in a film or a cartoon from the 40s. I guess Japanese... <laughs> conventions are different from our own of, of course nowadays in comedy um in 
the U.S. It's kind of big, changed from, oh, he's black. He does silly things. He's funny. But nowadays it's more like, oh, he, he's gay. He does silly things. He's funny. So that's what it reminded me of. It seems that the Japanese culture is still at the point where, oh, it's a black chick and she beat him up. So it's funny. It, it was just very odd to see. It was kind of out of place. Yeah, Japan's was kind weird, of a bigot. Yeah, Japan's no, kind of a bigoted country, actually. Here's the... I'll explain. From the first, very first episode of Zero Punctuation, Yasu said Japan is nothing but a bunch of xenophobic dicks. And it's... Remember, it's a very homogenous country. That That's what I was thinking, too. That's sort of the way... Sort of the way the jokes were in pop culture in the early 20th century for the same thing. Um, to quote a line from a biography of Walt Disney, it's not that they were racist, it's that they're racially insensitive. They don't really know, you know, that these other cultures exist, so they feel it's safe to make them the butt of jokes, even though yeah. it's actually... I enjoy stuff from Japan. Video games, anime, toys alike, but I admit Japan's kind of ass-backwards when it comes to, well... Political correctness. Yes. Sadly, all countries have their unfortunate things. America has made a lot of great strides, but um, there, there are still places where they could improve. But this isn't meant to be a political discussion. Yes. Also, I mean, uh, yeah, I can really go on about how they're kind of, they're, how Japan can be a bit bigoted at times, kind of sexist, nationalist. But that's another topic, another episode. But for now, we gotta resume back to Machikoi, uh, Samurai Girls, and the whole. They find the dog, like, it's also a mixture of finding a dog and a pinata, like this weird pinata dog. This little tiny, like. Who knows, like, dog. martial arts? There's also lots of censorship of nudity. The fact that they, um. Like in that uh, bathhouse scene, like all the females like are covered up by that little toy dog. No, that wasn't a toy dog. That was uh, that was there was a crazy girl, and her phone strap is shaped like a horse, and she thinks it's some sort of god that talks to her. Okay, I like that character. She looks cute. Uh, it's the fact that the censorship was like there, and it reminds me a bit of Rosario Vampire season two, where the uh, bat came in and just censored up all the panty shots, just flying it there, just randomly censoring up the panty shots. It reminds me of that, and it's just like the icon is just the faces and all that are everywhere. When although I do feel sorry for him when he gets. It's his butt kick when all the girls just come barging into his room naked. Why? Yeah, that's not fair. Girl. That's not fair at all. He, he got no reason the entire show. Yeah, that's a terrible man to me, man. That's a lot to deal yeah. with on a regular basis. I was like, the man gets beaten up, but if the, the woman gets beaten up by a man, oh, it's suddenly drama. Holy shit. I'm so annoyed by that trope. I would just kind of go into retaliation and make a totally tasteless comedy show. 
But um, overall, what do y'all think of these two episodes? Well, I enjoyed the first episode, which is how over the top it is. I do the timing. I wasn't able to finish episode two, but that scene at the beginning I thought was funny. Was oh yeah, that was with the oh yeah, we're just like bailed on like here. You're you're actually going to make out to like a cucumber dog. Cucumber, okay. Um, Ryan, he knows how to deal with the bitch of the female characters. Yeah, yeah, I know these cliches all too well. And a hair man made is all is the nice one, the the one that that's tough but loving, and the annoying bitch. All right, questions. Okay, I'll let you speak. I was about to say, you, I know you didn't watch the. I know you're not a big connoisseur of anime, if at all. Exactly, right. I'm not a connoisseur of anime, but it was interesting to watch from that viewpoint because I understood part of what was going on, but I sort of understood some other parts I didn't. But it was very interesting from that standpoint. I, there was. There, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my words together, but um, I would actually like to see a series based around the theme of the first episode, this conflict between these two warring classes. For so, some reason, I think that would be a fun episode. I, I think there could be a lot of character development in there because there were some gag characters in that first episode, like the head of one class was extremely nervous and then there was that one gag with um, the otaku and the um, horny photographer who was taking pictures of the quote-unquote corpses because he wanted panty shots. And th- th- yeah. there were all there were all sorts of jokes like that. I think that would be an interesting idea for a series. Uh, the series as a whole, I, I liked both episodes. Some parts, some parts I didn't. Some parts were a little confusing to understand. I guess that's because they're setting up some sort of big story like those two people in the forest in the first episode and the people underground with the tanks or whatever it was in the second episode. But as a whole, I thought it was an interesting series. Um, It seemed to me perhaps somewhat satirizing some of the tropes of anime, especially in the first episode. Um, In the second episode, it also seemed like it was a tad satirical, but this is coming from someone who doesn't really follow anime, but I I kind of see what they were going for. There was kind of sort of, you know, action and comedy and titillation, which I guess is what you expect from a typical anime, and it delivered in those um, areas, so I guess it did its job. Can I just point out that this is based off of an H game? Oh, yeah. Uh, of course it is. Art And aren't most animes now? Yeah, oh, we talked about this um, a couple episodes ago. Every anime is based on a manga or no. a video game or a, a digital novel. No, a visual novel. Or, the fact that well, H games getting made by anime is kind of really showing a sign that the industry is decaying. But it's like you have Bates Day Night, which is um, a visual novel that was kind of partially H game ish. 
become essentially the biggest media franchise Japan has right now. One of the a big media franchise. Spawning fighting like games. That's what I think is the problem with the industry in Japan. Is that it's too focusing on pamming to otaku and not any other demographic. I think that's rather bad. I mean, not just for there, but in terms of international distribution, Cartoon Network is not going to play that kind of shit. That doesn't get them ratings. Action gets some ratings. Dragon Ball gets some ratings. Well, not anymore. That gets Nicktoon ratings, but you get the point is that that's probably so much of a sub why uh, most domestic anime companies are dying out these days. Yep. All right. Um, Super Flash, what did you think of these episodes? Uh, they're both uh, sort of met to me. They never really... It's not something I would watch again, probably. But uh, it was it was interesting to watch just how it was in um, just all these different elements and it, it really did feel like a mashup or, or sort of a satire of every anime trope. And it did remind me a lot of uh, Iki Tausen, or Tosin. I was never really sure how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, especially in the, the class, which is funny that you mentioned it, Ryan, the, how, how you think a series would make good, or the first episode would make a good series. Because Iki Tausen is pretty much that first episode, but with much, much more boobs. Hell no. Unless it's good... action. But in, in, by plot-wise, it's... It's two class... Uh, two classes of, uh, like, a fighting school. Battling. Yeah. Um, so... Sketch. What do you think of this Sketch. You know, um, I liked it well enough, but I thought I would be interested in watching more. It's kind of hard to tell where the show is going based on just the first two episodes, because the first two episodes are so dramatically different. Yeah, like that the was first episode, The first episode felt like School Rumble to me. School Rumble, but maybe a little more. <laughs> yeah. It was like every anime you could think of was probably represented somewhere in that episode. Yeah. I guess maybe. They had well, there was a wrong that like, was vibe. Well, actually, Sengoku Basra would be a better example. So it's an actual anime. So, Sengoku Basra meets School Rumble. School Rumble characters uh, play Sengoku Basra. <laughs> also, the robot from the robot from Super Milk Chan. One of the robots from Super Milk Chan was in there. Oh yeah, that robot did. I yeah. Well, it does look a lot like a robot from Milk Chan, doesn't it? Uh, I kind of like the characters so far. Um, I just it, it was you didn't really realize that the like, the main character was Yamato until well yeah. into this episode. It's like, oh, it's like warring factions in a, in a school, and it 
seems like it's mostly centered around girls. Okay. And, and he shows up, and it turns out he's like the main character. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, so far, he seems like a pretty decent protagonist, all things considered. Kind of gives me a little loose vibe. <laughs> it's just like, as other people mentioned, Kirkdale's characters, a lot of the characters look similar to others, like the like the blonde girl kind of looks like Asuka. Uh, the bitchy one looks like Yuki Nagato. Yeah. Stuff like that. I like the the red-haired girl. Is her name actually Nope. It's like going on about how she's a dog. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's pretty fun so far. I like these kind of absurd high school comedies. But it's hard to tell where it's going at this point. I like the kind of the gang aspect. It gives you lots of characters. But at other times, it's, it's just such a so-so harem. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first two episodes, again, the first two episodes are polar opposites, in a sense. And, mm-hmm. like, I didn't even pay attention much to the second episode. Yeah, it's subtitling. But it's like, is it something I would wa- want to watch? Yes. Well, I want to watch it this season. Nah, because right now I'm currently trying to get through Tori. I'm stuck with only two shows: Toriko and Guilty Crown. And Guilty Crown has did did pick up, pick up speed. But yeah, that's something I will could probably like throw into my queue pile. I I would would watch it again, but. Kind of like you, I got lots of things to watch, so I don't know if I'll do it anytime soon. I I haven't even started watching Hunter Hunter, and I hear nothing but good things about that adaptation. Yeah. So I will definitely be doing that at some point, and I'm I'm behind on One Piece for pity's sake. <laughs> I I just finally got caught up begun watching um, a Cult Academy from last year. Uh, that was me to watch that too, but I oh, and I haven't watched Star Driver and I haven't watched Sacred Seven. Oh, I've been trying to get into Star Driver or Blue Exorcist or Blue well, Exorcist was good. It was really good. I, good I agree. I did yeah, watch so that. I've got plenty of things to watch. So, nonetheless, it's usually the case when I feel interested in a show, I will start watching it and then watch as many episodes as I can in a short period of time to see if I still like it. And then if I still like it, I might come back to it or I might just finish it. Like, uh, so this could be one of those shows, actually. I might be interested enough to keep watching it. Perhaps if I do, if it's, if I like it, I might give it a praise on anime abomination. I would like to see a dub Apparently it has a dub. Oh. It has a dub already? I don't know. I saw no. it right on Toon Zone. The show no, only started during, think, like, October. I don't know. It's October on, uh, it's just begun simulcasting in Japan. It's like it's begun airing in Japan back in like, October. Right, so. 
February, I believe. Yes, February. With two covers. Yes, the artwork is by Sherry Paroline and Braden Lamb, and the two covers are also by Sherry Paroline. Um, Boom usually does variant covers, and this is the case um, with this as well. The both of the covers look very nice, but the um, the variant cover is a wraparound cover featuring most of the characters. It looks pretty cool. I have. Had to get the huh. I'm perplexed. Boom is doing this? Why yeah. is he doing it? Why is it DC doing it? Who the hell knows? That is the thing that questions me. Like, wouldn't DC be getting this? It's like, but now looking at the um, their kid line, it's in October. It's, I mean, like, this month's kid line is essentially like Brave of the Bulls, which is, I believe, ending in February. The uh, Perks Network Action Pack, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, and Tiny Titans. And I believe, I don't know if, um, I'm trying to look it up. Yeah, it's, and Young Justice, I forgot about Young Justice. The Young Justice tie, which is actually kind of pivotal to the show at some point. Mm-hmm. It was just weird, weird that Kaboom was... Get, I mean, Boom Studios would get this. This, this is I, big thing after the, the fact they lost the Disney titles. And while I got a feeling this will end up the same way, this is all just, they're just trolling Boom. Like, hey, we're giving the rights to use a fairly successful, a really successful show, and if it doesn't be successful, we yank it for you. You mad? Well, I think they got, uh, didn't they get Boom, get the Disney comics before or after Disney bought Marvel? Uh, They got them before. They had a very very nice Muppet title um, that is being republished by Marvel now as big magazines as a tie-in with the movie. Yeah, it was completely with that new logo. Um, This is a good way for Boom to continue doing it. Although I didn't I don't think the three ninety nine price tag is a good idea for the first issue. Unless it's a thirty two page three ninety nine comic. That's gonna be a quite tough sell, especially considering you know, like the Johnny D C line is about two ninety nine an issue. The same with like a Marvel Adventures, I believe. Y'all think the three ninety nine price tag will hurt Adventure Time? Anyone? Uh, well, cheaper comics tend to sell better, right? <laughs> well, but then again, look if you looked at the top selling titles, you have Justice League and and Wolverine and the X Men, Incredible Hulk. This was last month's top dollars. The top ten. Selling comics and breakout news of drama for the sales. Like, no, like, top selling comics October 2011. Okay. 
Okay, top 100 comics from according to Diamond in October. Just let's see the top in the top ten. Um, you had Justice top ten comics sold in October were Justice League number two at number one at four dollars, Batman number two three dollars, Action Comics number two. Green Lantern 2, $3. Flash 2, $3. Texas Comics 2, $3. Incredible Hulk number 1, three, 4 bucks. Free Indie X-Men, $4. Fear of number 7, which is 5 bucks, And an event comic. And Superman number 2, which is $3. So the top comic is a $4 comic. <laughs> Well, I doubt the price would affect uh, its sales. It it depends on the talent and the creative. Yeah. Sure. Because um, according to Diamond, uh, the IDW's best-selling comic in October was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Woo! Still haven't bought any of those. And uh, Dark Horse's top seller in October was... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 9. Again, yeah, two licensed comics that are just top titles. So, Boom may get... So, it's a good chance Adventure Time may end up being Boom's top seller. Yeah. It makes sense. Oh, yeah, and just for a fair comparison, The Walking Dead is an image comic that's bestseller. Well, then again, that's well. Now that I think about it, Adventure Time is a good example of that because The Walking Dead inspired a TV show, so there would be some overlap there between the two. Adventure Time is based on a TV show, so I was just thinking about the comic TV overlap between TV show based on comic creates interest for both TV show and comic. Comic based on TV show creates interest for both comic and TV show. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's like the again example Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The shows exactly. air for years and yet you know, season eight did extremely well. Got freaking motion comic out of all of it, and now a sequel season. So, yeah, that would be good. And with that, we are going to wrap this up. This is the long farewell. Da, 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 do. What is like the long thing. goodbye? Yes. I guess so. Uh, I thank you, um, Superflash, for being with us. Thank you. How'd you enjoy it? I did. I'd like to also thank Prison Treasure, Roy, Roy, for being uh, here with us. We will. Oh. Hi, I'm tired. I didn't really sleep last night. Ooh. So, thanks, thanks, though. I'm going to bed. Oh, are we I was, still I was busy. Yeah, I was playing, I was playing we'll Zelda. <laughs> nice. And also, so to wrap this up, you know, email Real Scratchpad if you have questions, comments, criticisms, and. Want to answer the question at the moment? Best favorite favorite slash best episode of Batman Brave and the Bold? Email us. RealScratchPadGmail.com We're all on Twitter. 
ask the question on real at real scratch pad or and if you want to follow all of us at tetris dork at sketch 1984 at the real dinies at rw mead Anthony, I mean, Super Flash, you're on Twitter, at SuperFlash101. Roy is also on Twitter, at Frozen Treasure. The, the Mime Rack Attack is also on, on Twitter, at Rack Attack Force. And again, you can like us on Facebook, at Search The Real Scratch Pad. Also, visit us online at The Real, Scra- at the Real Scratch Pad. WordPress.com and ask us anything, ask us something on our Formspring page. Formspring.me forward slash real scratch pad. Google Plus stuff and maybe a Tumblr will be coming soon. Who knows? And so then, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, a safe Black, a safe Black Friday, hopefully a good Cyber Monday, and we'll see you next time with the up. Christmas theme, holiday themed episode. Yay. Good night. Good night. Bye. Peace. Adios. Let me over this tower.